here. Man. There's something about shouting. And we're going to be talking a lot, and I'm very grateful that we've been talking about this this lease this month. And as you're pulling that up, let me just grab this real yeah, quick. Yeah, go for it. Because um, I don't really like lapel mics anyways. Uh, so I like the, the, the head ones, if we can get a good head one, but uh, um, or just a cordless. But there's something about shouting, and I'm really grateful about uh, what we've been talking about in this whole entire month so far about taking that risk, about living on purpose. And part about living on purpose is stepping out and yes. shouting. Yes. Yes. It is It is looking at the obstacles. It is looking at the situation. And it's, it's roaring over the cir circumstances. It's roaring over the circumstances. Not just the circumstances, but your situations, your body. Man, I am the healed of the Lord. I am blessed of the Lord. I don't care what is out there. It will not come near my dwelling. Yes. Pestilence, plagues will not come near my dwelling. It's the promises of the Lord that you're roaring out. There's life and death in the power of the tongue. And oftentimes what we do is we end up being quiet and listening to everything else but what heaven is saying. If we're listening to what heaven is saying, we should be releasing it. Matter of fact, if you read in Amos how it says that he reveals all things to his prophets first, and it goes on if you actually read the whole entire thing because he's really he's rebuking um, Israel uh, through the prophet and it's not on Shruti. Oh, like I didn't know if she was loving on me or messing with the mic box. <laughs> like um, so if you see my wife touching me, that she she's either poking me, which that's a possibility. It's a very big possibility. <laughs> she was loving on me, which is another possibility. Married for yes. twenty years, yes. or she's just plain messing with me. Period, which is another possibility. So I didn't know what she was doing over here. So it, 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 the mic box is off. And matter of fact, I'll just disconnect it just to make sure. But when in Amos was talking about, it says, hey, he's revealing all things to his prophets. First, he's actually rebuking them. It says, hey, man, you, you, you see the winds, but you don't understand. You, you hear the lion roaring, but you don't understand that he's roaring because he's hungry. He, and he's, he's talking about, hey, you see everything but you don't understand it yeah that's why he has to reveal the things to the prophet so he can speak in terminology of heaven relaying it through a person's mouth so everyone around can understand it and then it goes on and talks and it says if a prophet hear it hears it he has to release it well guess what that's old testament that's before the covenant that's before the blood and i, I tell you this it says that we should earnestly desire that we all should prophesy. We should earnestly desire that we should all hear from heaven. We should all get the same kind of downloads. And then there's a release that should be coming out of our mouths. And that's the roar. Now, I'm telling you what, man. I was talking to my mom the other day. I was talking to a couple other people. I'm like, this will not come near my dwelling. I rebuke it in Jesus' yes. name. It won't affect me. I don't care if I get a little, a little sniffle for a second. I'm like, uh-uh. You can't touch this body. If this body was blood bought, come on, what's more powerful than the blood? His sickness, his disease, his principalities, I could swear that's all been defeated, disarmed underneath his feet, and we are now placed inside of him. Come on, there's a roar, there's an excitement, there's something that makes you want to shout. Yes. I mean, there, there, there's something that should want you to shout, and, and we do this on Sunday mornings, but how about doing it through the week? How about when, when the news says, well, 
this is what's going on in this county, and this is what's going on with these people. Man, you start shouting over your territory because where you put your foot is your dwelling. Where you place your foot is your surrounding. It is your abode. Wherever you place your foot, that's where the kingdom of God is. I mean, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. We need to claim this, man. If everyone actually stopped talking the negative and started rising up with words of power and started shouting and start taking this promise, you'll start seeing this thing decrease and start to decline. And the, cool, the only cool thing I can get out of this, the only cool thing I can get out of this is the Democrats and Republicans are finally getting along for one common purpose. Other than that, what should have been happening before the seas? I'm just saying. Just saying. One nation well, under of, God, kind of. indivisible, which means undivided. Hello. Yes. I'm not getting on a political rant, but what I'm saying is we need to be one. We need to walk in one body. We need to be able to shout in unison. Wait a second. The blood speaks louder. The covenant speaks louder. What he did from the cross to the throne speaks louder. And that's why we're really glad about what we've been doing this uh, this month, about taking that risk, about talking about trust, about talking about him and marriages, uh, uh, talking about leaning on him. And now we're going to be talking about his goodness. And let me tell you, when I start breaking down what his goodness actually meant in the Hebraic language, well, just get ready. I'll turn it back over. Can you yeah, turn it down mind. a little bit too, because it's like it's way echoing. Um, uh, just for a second, I, I, I'm actually I was I thought he was about to take communion, but I guess not. <laughs> I won't, so, I'm gonna, so I'm gonna give it back to him for that in a second. <laughs> but um, I just wanted to take a minute to just encourage you guys um, also to lift up your leaders, um, not just political leaders, but like your church leaders. Yes. Um, I, 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 one of the things that I probably have struggled the most on is, is seeing all the, the pastor shaming lately. Um, it's really bothered me. Um, and I wanted to, I wanted to bring it up for this reason. And this is, this is why, because, uh, I think sometimes we forget, uh, that we are the church, like all of us, every single one of us, that we are the church and that the, the, the leaders in the church our job is actually to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. And so when people say, you know, why is the, ch the church has no, you know, the church has no faith because they're closing their doors. Um, that doesn't even make any sense because our job is to equip you guys to do the work of the ministry. And um, if we have to be open in order for people to get healed, then we haven't really been, you know, equipping the saints to do the work of the ministry. And that, that's the whole point. Yeah. And so I strongly believe that this is such, for me, this is personally what I see because I've been, I've been um, chewing on this a lot and trying to do my best to see God in the midst of all this is that I, I believe that this is a great opportunity for the church to show um, that we truly believe what he says and that no matter what the circumstances we're going to rise up even if it's within our own homes to our own neighbors yeah. and we are going to be the church as a whole and we don't need a building to be the church am i telling you not to go to a building no as soon as the doors are back open we Come should on. be yeah. we should be and i miss having everybody here today like i really do yeah um yeah. but because
because that's the purpose, honestly, is for us to be together. Um, and that's the main purpose why we have church buildings is because we're supposed to gather one with another and, and sharpen each other. And that part, I absolutely, absolutely am going to miss. But as far as getting this coronavirus whooped and building faith and doing all that, we can do that yeah. without a church building. And so stop shaming everybody because they're still doing it. Um, they're just doing it by honoring our president. Come on. You know, who said that we should do it a certain way. And we are, we are, he didn't take our religious freedoms away. Yeah. He just said, can you do your religious freedoms a little differently for a little bit? And yeah. I have no problem with that. Yeah. Without going on a rant. <laughs> I'll try not to. Well, good luck. <laughs> but apparently those that have been bashing pastors actually have forgotten to read their Bibles. <laughs> so what you need to do is you need to open them up. Well, first dust them off because it's been a while, apparently. Then open them up. Then actually start reading the full gospel. Don't read what you want to back up your own personal opinions. Because if you actually read the word of God, understood the word of God, let me just read you something. This is Romans. I mean, because we can quote Romans all day long. Most charismatic Pentecostal spirit-filled people live out of Romans 8. Come on. I mean, talking about sonship, talking about authority, talking about being more than an overcomer. We can talk about not being separated from his love. I mean, there's so many great things in Romans but we only stop where we get the goosebumps instead of getting the instructions, too. I'll try not to rant. Good luck. <laughs> uh, I'll try not to. But let me just read you something, and we'll go on. But I, so I, this is why we did what we did. Okay? This goes, all scripture is God-breathed and spirit-inspired. Right? Okay. If you don't believe that, open up Timothy 3.16. Okay? Read your word, please. I think there would be a lot less nonsense if people actually read the word of God instead of quoting their opinions. I know, that's an ouch for somebody that just heard that. But Romans 13 says this, every person must submit and support and support the authorities over him. For there can be no authority in the universe except God's appointment. Which means that every authority that exists has been instituted by God. So, so to resist authority is to resist the divine order of God. So if you're going, well, I'm not going to do that because that's not faith-filled. What you're doing is you're not having faith in what God is saying and saying, hey, you need to obey your authorities over you. Because if you don't do that, you're going against the very divine order of God. Yeah. How much faith is that? Uppercut, I know. Just, just, just put some leave on it. You'll be fine. Which results, if you go against the divine order of God, which results in severe consequences. Hmm. And that's New Testament, just in case. That's New Testament. That's in Romans. <laughs> just throwing that out there. Here's some more for you. For civil authorities, because most people are, well, that's not talking about the, the our governors and, and our presidents. That's talking about spiritual leaders. Let's continue to read. Like I said, you need to open up the full word of God, not just picking and choosing what actually supports your opinions. 
for civil authorities do not intimidate those who are doing good, but those who are doing evil. So do what is right, and you'll never need to fear those in authority. They will commend you for your good citizenship. Those in authority are God's servant for good for the good of society. And say for the good of church. It says for the good of society, of where you live, where you dwell, the communities, the regions, the states, the areas, the countries that you're in. But if you break the law, you have reason to be alarmed. New Testament, by the way. For they are God's agents of punishment to bring criminal to justice. Why do you think they carry weapons? I love the Passion Translation. I mean, it just doesn't pull any punches. Why we decided to do a live in the comfort of your home is because not only is our governor in Ohio saying, hey, we're putting a ban on 50 people or more, and if we continue to grow and we continue to meet, I know the anointing on our house, and we would be over 50 people quickly. We're, we're not too terribly far from there. But then our president says, hey, I'm recommending without saying I'm banding you, but I'm recommending that's no more than 10 people. So we're taking the advice of our leaders. We're honoring who got put into office because that's not Christ. That's actually anti-blood. If you're tearing down another brother or another sister in the Lord or other pastoral or other ministry leaders, you're actually going against the very blood of Jesus. Yeah. Don't believe that? Go back and read Saul's conversion to Paul. Mm -hmm. Which is Saul, right. Saul, why are you persecuting me? Not, not, not all the persecuting me. Jesus said. Matter of fact, it says that the blood draws us near. That there's neither Greek nor Jew, no slave, no free, but we are all one in Christ. So if you're aiming to divide and to devour, you're coming against the very body of Christ itself. Um, I'm, I'm just going to give you a book and tell you to read it. So, just because we, we need to move on. But I'm just going to tell you, go read 1 Corinthians. Like, read it all the way through. Because he goes yeah. over and over and over on what this all looks like. Um, another one is, is uh, yeah, well, Romans. Got, we got it in Romans. Yep. But there's, there's also some stuff in Matthew where Jesus yep. himself talks on this, on this subject. And, and so we just um, we just really need to trust the Lord there that that He go. can use um, yes. these men these these leaders yes. and and that it's irrelevant of whether you like them or don't like them. It's irrelevant even honestly. It's irrelevant if, even if you think they're corrupt. I know I did just say that, but it, it is totally irrelevant. We are talking about politicians. So. I'm talking about politicians, but genuinely speaking, honestly, even if we were to go into ministers, if you, uh, if the Lord Himself puts you under a minister, and you don't think that He's a good minister, there is plenty of scripture to back up that if you honor them onto the Lord, that you receive reward for that. And, right. and so I'm just saying, whoever it is, and, and I, I talked about this for a second in my live yesterday, so I'm not going to go over it again. If you if you want to know more on the subject, go watch my live from yesterday because I like literally go through all this. But um, I'm just telling you, there's absolutely no reason that we can't trust God Come on. through our leaders. It's actually very biblical. You don't have to trust the leader. 
You trust God yeah. through our leader. You don't have, I'm going to say that again, you don't have to trust the leader to, to be obeying that. You trust God through them. And, um, and that's 100% biblical. So if you're struggling um, with some, some decisions being made, I'm, I, I have struggled with some things that have been said over our, the state of Ohio. I have struggled with them. Um, I have struggled with some things that have been said in lots of areas, but at the end of the day, I am trusting God to do what is what is needed in the midst of it. And, and because of that, my protection comes from him, not from my leaders. Yeah. It comes from him. All right, so let's, let's take communion. Amen. So we're going to take communion, and then I, I'm going to talk a little bit about tithes and offerings because it's, it's still the right thing to do to give, even in the season. I'll talk about that here in just a, a minute and what it does and what it activates into your life, too. And I'll, I'll give you some biblical examples because we're not going to do anything that is anti the word. Uh, we actually go with his word, not against it. So, Father, we just love you. Thank you, Father. I can't even explain the words how much I love you, Father. Oh, we honor you for all that you are, all that you've done, and all that you're yet to do in our lives, in this world, in our communities, in your body. You so because we're gonna talk about giving here and saying that you just brought them through remembrance. They called Jesus the first fruits of many brethren, which means you sowed the most precious seed that you had to reap back many sons. You sowed your son to reap back many, 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 many sons, beloved sons. This isn't about a destination. It's about an identification. He didn't die to go so you can go to the sweet by and by. He died so you can be a beloved son and have a beloved fellowship with the Father and intimacy like you have no idea. And I thank you because that was bought by the blood. We're going to do communion here. It's, it was purchased by the blood. But there was also so much that is said about the body. That his body was broken so ours could be made whole. Come on. If you're not feeling good. If you've been diagnosed with the corona. His body and his blood was more. Yeah. There is power and authority. When you put in your remembrance how good he is. If you don't, re if you don't know that. I encourage you one of my favorites of all time. And I could chew on this and chew on this. And never get to the fullness of the death. But it's Psalms 103, where it talks about, bless the Lord, hold my soul, all that I have within me, bless his holy name, and forget not all of his benefits. Put yourself into remembrance of his benefits. And it starts talking about redeeming your life from destruction. It talks about your healing. It talks about so much. Doing this, Jesus said to do this in remembrance of me. So when I think about the, the covenant that was made, when I think about what was shed upon the cross, when I think about doing communion and said, do this in remembrance of me, I have to automatically go back to Psalms 103 and it says, forget not all of its benefits because there's so much benefits in the blood. 
There's so much benefits in the body. If your body's out of line, his was broken so yours can be aligned and made whole. By his stripe, we are healed. That's Old Testament. Second Peter says that we were, past tense, already healed. So somewhere in between was and is, you are healed of the Lord. Speak it over yourself. Command that fever to go down. Command that throat to line up to the word of God. I woke up speaking over my body several different times last night. Speaking, 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 because I know the power and the authority of the cross. I know the power and authority of everything that was purchased on the way to the throne. So as we get ready, we're putting ourselves in remembrance. Everything that you've done in our body, everything that you're doing through our body, because your body was broken for us. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Oh, in the blood. <laughs> I will speak of its blood for all the eternity because there's so much power in it. We thank you, Lord. It says that. Don't you know that your bodies were bought at a price? Your body was bought at a price. It's 1 Corinthians 6.20. As a matter of fact, I have it going across my back as a tattoo. Blood bought. It was bought at a precious price. Your sonship, your authority, your identity, everything that you are, everything that he's paid for was sealed by this blood. The new covenant that you have was because of this blood. Jesus, we thank you for it. We do this in remembrance of you. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to press on just briefly. Forgiving, if you're giving, you can give online. If you go to kingdomculturelife.com, there's a giving page. Or if you just want to type it directly in, you can go to Kingdom Culture church.com forward slash giving and I, I think my wife may be uh, posting it up on the live kingdom culture church I mean culture sorry Keep, kingdom culture life dot com forward slash giving I'll take you there's a PayPal you can give by credit card and give by PayPal and you can give by bank card we don't believe in giving off of credit cards. So if you want to give by your bank card, we don't believe in becoming a slave to debt to give. That's uh, actually unscriptural. Um, some places won't teach that. Just FYI. I, I want to break out something really quick. So I've been chewing on this for the last few days, talking about 2 Corinthians 9 because it talks about his goodness. And we're going to go right into being 
trusting in his goodness. That in 2 Corinthians 9, I, I have to put you in some historical accounts really quick. Because back then, when Paul was writing the epistles, Christians were being burned alive as candles by Nero. There was pestilence. There was famine. There was a government that wanted to wipe out Christianity. They were feeding them to the lions. Okay? They were imprisoning them. They were, they were casting them out on islands that were islands themselves were like a prison. And one of them was called Patmos. And there's where John had revelation. During this time, they didn't stop giving. Why? Because giving was an act of worship. Giving wasn't, oh, I got to do this because there's a service. Giving was a way of them loving as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing unto God, worshiping God. Don't ever give out, not out of a place of worship. If you, you're giving because you feel like your arm's being twisted or you're giving because you just think it's the right thing to do or you're giving because you want to get something from God, paying for a service from somebody there's a word for that. I'm not going to go there. You're giving because he first gave. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave. And during the midst of all the nonsense that was going on in their very region, their communities, their countries, and by the government that was looking to wipe them out themselves, Paul writes this in 2 Corinthians 9. It says, Give as every man according as he purposes in his heart. That's verse 7. So let him give, not grudgingly. Like, I don't want to do it, but I'm just going to do it because he's saying to give. Or out of necessity, I don't give to God because I need the hundredfold return. I know that's already a promise. Yeah. I give to God because I know I love him so much that I can't outgive God. And I love to worship him in every aspect of my life. And the only reason that I have the seed to sow is because God gives seed to the sower in the first place. And it says this in verse 8, or, or last part of 7, then we'll go on 8. Or not grudgingly or out of necessity. For God loves a cheerful giver. That word cheerful means a joyous, hilarious, prompt to do it giver. Come on. It's out of a cheerful. I mean, he's saying be cheerful, joyous, hilarious. It doesn't matter if they just took out your best friend that you used to go to church with. To go be burned as a candle. To go being thrown into the lions. And it doesn't matter if there's pestilence or plagues. Because when you give to God, there should be something active within your heart this is Lord I love you so much that I can't help but want to give unto you it's I'm worshiping you as I do this Lord yes it's not conditional it's not conditional and matter of fact if you actually go and look at it I'm not going to get off on tithe because that's still scriptural Jesus even said it was the right thing to do yes. bunch of scripture for it not have time but he was saying this when you give you're not giving out a religious routine. You're giving because of the beloved one that was given to you. And you're activating the very heartbeat of the Father, which is the giver. It says to be imitators of God. Part of imitating God is not just walking in power and love, but it's also walking and giving, which is 
an act of love. And it says that, and God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you have in all sufficiency and all things, all things, that includes toilet paper, you have abundancy and sufficiency in all things. That includes canned meats. That includes food for your fridge. That includes paychecks. That includes the necessity that you need inside of your household that you think that you don't have. When you step out and you worship God, God's saying, watch me show off for you in all things. That you may abound in every good work. He does this. He provides for you. He fills up your vats and your barns and your fridges and everything else so you can abound in every good work. He doesn't give it to you so you can go, ooh, look at how fat my bank account is. He's giving it to you so you can continue to work for him. As it is written, I love this. He has dispersed abroad. He has given to the poor. His righteousness remaineth forever. He ministers seed to the sower. He ministers seed to the sower. He didn't. He doesn't minister seed for those that want to stockpile seed. He doesn't minister seed for thinking that they just need a little bit for themselves. He gives seed so you can sow. I just want to, I'm, I'm very excited because I was thinking about this this morning again, having to do with goodness. Like I was thinking about this again because yeah. I was thinking about how, um, you know, I mean, this is a really rough time for people and, oh, we're gonna buy and, and man, I'm just so grateful because, um, you know, we, we, we are sowers, you and I, we are sowers and we've always stood on that word of God, um, that he gives seed to the sower and like, in the midst of this, like we typically uh, just, I mean, my, my husband, some of you might know that he's bivocational. He still is working a, a secular job and um, the Lord, and it's commission, it's commission based. And he has been blessed abundantly, abundantly. while we, we have been doing this. And um, it, we had so much to do building this church that I actually had to step down because um a family comes first, yeah. and it's like it's there's the order. Okay, we have we have God, then family, then the ministry. Yeah, you know, and so um, you know, I knew the the ministry needed to be tended to so that my husband can continue to do what he needs to do also for our the right. job. But I had to take care of the family first, and there just wasn't enough time in the day. And so I stepped down, and we and Travis says to me, you know, if you're going to step down, I have no problem. With that, but we we need to believe for the Lord to bless our income to take care of it, and and so we did. And I just uh, again, he gets paid. He gets paid every two weeks, and we literally have been able to give into this church every single week. It's not not every two weeks, every single week because the Lord has brought yeah brought it, and yeah. even this week, which is not his pay week, um, I have I have money to give. Come on. Not just, I mean, Jesus. not just from, but it's it's overflow money. And yeah. we're not talking about just the normal income. It's overflow money. And so um, I know that, that uh, you know, some times are kind of hard for some people. But there's something about, you know, in the midst of this and putting him into remembrance, even in your giving, of how many times that he came through. 
How many times has he provided in the midst of famine? How many times has he, man, and, I, and my husband and I, we could spend all day doing that, but we're not going to. But, but just take a second because today, today I am able to give. I am able to give. And you know what? It wasn't the best a working week for Trav. Um, it wasn't. But I am. we are able to give today, Travis Holland. Yeah, like, we are right. able Come to on. give Jesus. in the midst of this. And so I just wanted to just take the time to, to say that because um, I think it's important also that you see, um, like, me, we, per, we personally, we believe it's important that even our congregation sees that, that we aren't asking you to do anything that we don't do. We do this because we love to do it. We yeah. do this because we love to do this. And, and we encourage all of our our people, which I have never had any problem with any of our people being givers, but like we encourage them not because of 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 having to take care of the cost of the ministry here, because yes, we do have costs, but we encourage because because God continues to be faithful to His word. Come on, come on, and, and I and I want to see all of our congregation blessed by the same word that God spoke to us early on in our marriage that we have been blessed for doing unconditionally no matter what what the situation is no matter what the situation is I mean homeless we give mm -hmm. it doesn't matter where we're at we give yeah. uh, but he also is faithful to his word Come and because on. he knows we're givers he keeps giving us so we can give that's right just give you an idea. I've been homeless. I was homeless for six months. I was living in baseball dugouts. I started getting locked up at the age of nine. I didn't have a house. Matter of fact, I was so bad in my life that my parents had a restraining order against me. I had no home. I had no family. I had nothing. I was a drug dealer. I was an enforcer. And then I met Christ. Not, not like, I didn't meet religion. I met Jesus. Yes. I had a love encounter. That changed my life forever, and I could not stop giving back to the very one that saved my life from the depths and the darkness that I was in. You want to, you want to know why I'm such a lavish giver to God? And, and you can ask my wife. I'm giving lavish gifts. I have to pray over our wallet to, to, <laughs> to meet it. I'm a, <laughs> ministry is not my vocation. It's my calling. Okay? I don't do this for an income. If I do get income, praise God from it. Okay, but that's not my vocation. My vocation is a giver unto God. I give my all unto him. I work as I work unto the Lord. And so if he says to give, I'll look at him and go, okay. And it's just that easy. There's no arguments from me because I know if I give to the Lord and I'm obedient to him, and I do it out of the right heart. And activates a spiritual law. That's not why I do it, but I know behind in the back of my mind that I activated something in God and being in obedience. I give because I mean, dude, oh my gosh, do I? I'm like overwhelmingly happy when I give. I'm like, God told me to give something. I'm so happy. Matter of fact, God has actually prompted me to give something a little later on that I need to tell my wife about. And, and then, so get ready. Um, <laughs> Because it's true, because it's something that needs to happen, and when you do it, it's because of the goodness of God into your life. Matter of fact, I'm going to jump right into it, 
and talking about trusting in his goodness, how many charismatic, spirit-filled, Pentecostal people sing, shout, quote, I mean, they'll pace back and forth, sweat beating down, dapping their forehead. Lord, show me your glory. Been there. What was the first thing that God did? I don't did? do the dap, sorry. <laughs> I don't do the dap either. I just had to drift. But the very first thing after Moses said, he says, hey, Lord, in Exodus 33, 18, it says, please show me your glory. What God says out of his mouth, the very first part of showing God's glory was he says, then he said, I will make my goodness pass before you. So we go right on to the presence. We go right on to the being hidden in the cleft of the rock. We go right on to the, the, the very tangible parts. We go on to all the whoo, praise God parts. And those are all good. Those are all great. But there's something about the very first thing. If it's the first thing out of God's mouth, when it says, hey, show me the glory, you need to pay attention to that. Like if, I, if someone was going to ask me, how do you make a certain meal? And I tell them the very first ingredient because it's the most important ingredient to have, right? If someone's going to tell me, ask me, how do I make, you know, a, a beautiful ribeye dinner? I was oh, the first thing you need to do is get your prime cut, cut one inch thick ribeye, right? I mean, that's, that's, the, that's the core, that's the staple of what you need to have. And God is saying, hey, here's the very first ingredient. You want to know my glory? You have to understand my goodness. Come on, I can feel his presence in here. You want to understand my glory? You have to understand my goodness. Why? Because it was the goodness of God that leads people to repentance. It's the goodness of God that leads people back unto the high place. It's the goodness of God that turns the man's heart from a hardened heart to one of understanding everything in the fullness thereof of who God really is. It's understanding the characteristics of God himself. You have to understand his goodness. Matter of fact, I'm going to jump way ahead in my notes. Because I, I, I can continue to go on and talk about how my wife is so silly. I'm sorry. If you like distraction, squirrel. But, <laughs> but when you understand when you understand his his goodness, you'll start to understand the depths of his glory. See, we want to understand the glory by having a physical, tangible encounter. The Kabbad glory, the heavy, tangible weight of God, right? But there's so much more to that. If you think that all the glory is, is having a physical glory cloud appear in front of you, you've missed the mark. You've fallen short because there's so much more to just the, just the cloud. There's so much more than to just the physical miracle that happens in somebody's life. There's so much more than just having a goosebump or just hearing the voice of God. It goes so much further because those things are all great. Those things are all powerful. I long for those things. I love flowing in those things. Matter of fact, I usually on a daily, almost a daily basis, have some kind of encounter with God. So those things are great. Those things are powerful. You should want those things. But I don't stop just at the physical understanding of it without unknowing the personal intimacy of it. 
the goodness, you start to understand the personal intimacy of it. We, we, I, I love this one, and, and because I talk a lot about this one, and even it's, it's one of those verses that, matter of fact, I think we all know. If we, we say Psalms 23, everyone starts reciting it, right? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not I mean, we, we can literally get like, we can almost all start saying it all at once, old school, New King James, and just going verse by verse and talking about, you know, laying behind still waters, he leads me to green pastures, he restores my soul. I mean, there's so much, he sets a table before me in the presence, but if you look at it and understand musical themes and musical or even, even this, even a story or a movie theme, because there's always a, a something, when God does something or God is saying something, there's always a purpose to it, right? But if you understand Hebraic language, there's musical notes, there's musical themes, It's but it, the very last few scriptures in Psalms 23 is like this great crescendo. If anyone knows like music theory, it's this big finish. It's just like you're listening to a symphony of the character of God. And read Psalms 23 again and watch how it builds and hits its plateau points and then builds and hits its plan and then just does it again. And then the last hurrah is and you're just blown away. You're like, oh my gosh, this is so good. That's the point of Psalms 23 is understanding that. But if you look at Psalms 23, the last couple of verses of 5 and 6, and I'm jumping ahead sort of in my notes because I'm really excited to get to this point because there's a difference between goodness and mercy. But a lot of times people equate mercy for God's goodness. There's a difference. And I'm going to get to that here in a second. But in Psalms 23, 5 through 6, it says this. It says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy. Come on, there's a table set before you. There's a banquet set before you. This is this is one of those crescendo high moments that he just goes, man, I just need you to know of my goodness, of my character. doesn't matter if you're walking through a valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil because I have set a table before you. You have to understand. It doesn't matter. Just like... Uh, Elisha told to Gehazi, his servant, doesn't matter if the king's army is surrounding us. Lord, open his eyes so that he may see those that are for us are greater than those that are against us. And he opened up his eyes and saw that hills were filled with chariots of fire. Come on, you have to understand that even in this pestilence, even in this plague, even in the economic things, even in everything that's going on, he set a table before you in the presence of your enemy. Come on, sickness is an enemy against the cross. Yeah, come on. Come on, you got, man, woof. Come on, you got to grab a hold of this. And I'm hoping you guys are watching online, grabbing a hold of this and not just, okay, I got a plane off on the side. Because you have to understand the goodness of God is the very first understanding of the access point into his glory. You prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemy. Then he goes on even higher. He says, you anoint my head with oil. 
Come on, he anoints your head with oil. It's dripping oil. It says that he is the oil of joy for your morning. He is the oil of joy being poured out upon you. You can have joy in the midst of being surrounded in the valley of the shadow of death. You can... Oh, excuse me. I had an energy drink earlier. Sorry. <laughs> you can have the oil of joy hit your head and cover your body. Your, his anointing coming upon you in the midst of being surrounded by enemies. Therefore, my cup runneth over. He says this. And you have to understand, he's doing this huge crescendo. And, and it's like when we say this verse, and I've heard it said, I can't count how many hundreds of thousands of times. And everyone sort of tapers off at this point. My cup of overflow. And then it's sort of like a somber, his goodness and his mercy follows me all the days of my life. And it's sort of just like this weak little, oh, his goodness, la di da. Oh, I, his good. And we think of little babies with little angel wings and floating on clouds. And, oh, it's his goodness. And I feel good right now because, no, you under, you got to understand his goodness. Yeah, it should be, man, my, his goodness. It should be, I mean, ramping up, man, this crescendo. He wants you to take off at this point inside of your spirit, man, not wind down. Your cup overflowing doesn't stop overflowing when you understand his goodness. Surely goodness and mercy follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And that word goodness means this in the Hebraic. It means beauty. It means best, cheerful, at ease, to be in favor, to have gladness, to have goodness, to be joyful, to be pleasant, to have his pleasure, to have his prosperity, to have the sweetness, to have wealth, to have his welfare, and to be well favored. Come on. You think about it like this. If that's all that one word means, surely his pleasure follows me all the days of my life. Surely his prosperity follows me all the days of his life. Surely his sweetness follows me all the days of his life. Surely his wealth follows me all the days. His welfare, his favor, his beauty, his best, his making me at ease when everything seems to be crumbling around me. He puts me at ease. In all the days of my life. He makes me joyful all the days of my life. To be in favor all the days. It doesn't matter what your boss says because you have the favor of the Lord upon you all the days because it's his goodness. And if you understand the scope of his goodness, and that's why when, when Moses says, hey, Lord, show me your glory, he says, I will make my goodness, my goodness pass before you. He said, I'm going to make my beauty, my best, my cheerfulness, my ease, my favor, my goodness, my joyfulness, my pleasure, my prosperity, the sweetness of who I am, the wealth of who I am, the welfare, and to be highly favored being passed before. You want to understand my glory. Here's a very first start of it. It's like if you rev up a, a, an engine of a 1969 Chevy Chevelle and you start to step on that gas and you hear that. I mean, it's the start of that engine. It's the roar of that engine. He said, Lord, show me your glory. He's all, man, I'm about to show you my roar, which is found in my goodness. 
And it's going to be like this takeoff place that if you understand that everywhere you're, everywhere you go, his beauty follows you. I mean, you want to get wrecked in the Lord, you start understanding, you start breaking it. Everywhere I go, his best follows me. doesn't matter what the economy says. His wealth follows me. His prosperity follows me. That means even if a dog has to bring me a bag full of money to my front door, the blessing of the Lord is going to chase me down. His prosperity is going to chase me down. It's going to follow me wherever you go. That means even if you're messing up, it follows you. That's the second part of it. That's the mercy. Hello. Goodness and mercy falls me all the days of my life. Mercy meaning this, his loving kindness, his good deeds, his loving, his merciful, mercy kisses. That means my loving kindness will follow you even if you're messing up in my goodness my mercy will come as a loving kindness and see past your faults because I'm faithful to the faithless because I cannot deny myself within them. I saw you reaching. <laughs> so um, I'm glad he said loving kindness because that's, that's what I really want to highlight because um, we typically take that goodness the way the word calls good. And we need to remember that what God calls good is not necessarily the way the word or the world calls good. In fact, I was actually reading in the Strongs and I was saying one of the definitions of goodness that the that the the true um, Greek did not actually have a secular word for it. Uh, that it was it was something that could only be, be on. defined in a, in a godly term. And so we need to not take that word so lightly. As if um, it's good, like the word, like the world thinks, mm -hmm. because it's it's a goodness that can only come from God Himself. Yeah. It is something that um, you know. It says that uh, if we are good, you know, that we will experience. And I'm gonna I'm gonna look into this and read this to you here in just a second. But we will experience eternal life. Mm -hmm. um, and I was I was pondering on that because that's another one of those that I think we think of too lightly. Like we think of it like. Like the world thinks that we think of it as a destination, as Travis right. was talking earlier, not as an experience. But it does say experience it. We will experience it, which is something that is an ongoing thing. Um, we have eternal life. You know, like he provided it to us at the cross. Like we have it available and ready for us at all times. And and those um, those people who truly love evangelism and truly love that that sort of thing know that the moment that someone gives their life to the Lord, it's like it's uh, they went from they they instantly entered into that yeah. into that oh. eternal life. You know, they entered into it, but entering into it and experiencing it are totally two, two different, different things. things. You know, yeah, they may have entered it as a destination. But there are things that are necessary in order to continue to reap the benefits of what it is that you've received. You know, um, I, I can receive an inheritance, but if I never actually use it, I am not reaping the benefits of that inheritance. Come on. And, and, and our, our, um, what we receive from the Lord is the same thing. Yeah. You know, it's the exact same thing. We receive something when we gave our lives to the Lord. We receive something 
that um, we could just, you know, go, go through life and enjoy the benefits on the other side, or we can experience it from day one and continue to experience it through our entire lifetime. And we have choices we make through our entire lifetime too. So maybe some of us are good at experiencing it, um, you know, on a daily basis. Maybe some are going to experience it on the other side. And maybe some of us are experiencing some days and not experiencing others because of our outlook. And so, you know, um, the goodness. And so we think about we think about that. And we think about his loving kindness. Like, I really want you guys to crap, grasp that word when you're hearing it as a goodness, as it being his extraordinary. Come on. It's not good. ordinary. It's not common. Come on. Come on. It's not common. It is not like the world thinks. <laughs> it is It is supernatural goodness. It is something that the natural cannot do without his super. We can't do the type of goodness. You know, it says that the fruit of the spirit, goodness is one of those in there. We cannot be good without him. Yeah. Not the type of good that we're talking about in the word of God. Yes, we can do good deeds and we, we can be moral people. We all know moral people who do good things in yeah. society who do not know Jesus. But the type of goodness that he's referring to cannot be done without his super. Yeah. We need his super to our natural. We have to have that in order to do the type of goodness that is in the word of God. Yeah. And, and in order for us to do it, we have to remember his to us first. Like we have to be in remembrance and understanding of what he already did for us and keep ourselves there. We have to remember that we can do a lot day by day by day in our natural without putting ourselves in remembrance of that and it's going to be good yeah but it's yeah. not going to be that kind of good it's not going to be the goodness of god there is a total difference and i'm going to pull up um a scripture that many people i'm sure are familiar with um from romans uh, too, and I'm, I'm going to read it out of the Passion, but when you're listening to it, I want you to know that this is actually the same word, um, goodness, okay? Uh, so Romans 2, 4, do the riches of this extraordinary kindness make you take him for granted or despise him? Haven't you experienced how kind and understanding he has been to you? Don't mistake his tolerance for acceptance. Do you realize that all the wealth of his extravagant, extravagant kindness, all the wealth of his extravagant kindness is meant to melt your heart and lead you into repentance? Okay, and I'm going to skip down because I want you to look at seven. Seven is good. I want this because, again, um, this is what the Lord is highlighting in this for me. For those living in constant goodness, for those living in it, for those living in it, okay? So we can we can have, I'm going to go back for a second and think of another scripture because it says, are you so foolish as to what you started in faith to continue in works? We can do the works of good and, and, and not experience his loving kindness continually in our lives because the extravagant loving kindness, the, the overpouring of his loving kindness, because we're trying to do it out of our own without wow. going back to him. 
without going to him and putting in remembrance that the only reason why we are still sitting today and where we're at is because of that, because we have chosen to put in remembrance of that, how he started, he's going to continue to the end. We quote that one, but are we remembering when we're quoting that, that that takes us putting us in remembrance of what did he do in the beginning? What did he do? Because I know for Travis and I, what he did in the beginning, there is no way that we could have done on our own. We, we are living testaments that there is absolutely no way that we could be sitting here preaching the word of God to you guys today if it wasn't for his loving kindness. But can I also say that there's moments that I tried to do good on my own without putting myself in remembrance of his loving kindness, without putting myself in remembrance of his faith and his grace that works in me. And, and this is, of all times, this is the best time for us to put ourselves in remembrance of what he did. My God. Of what he did. Of what he did to, to help us wow. enter into the eternal life. And if we put ourselves in remembrance of that, we get to keep experiencing it. Come on, and so, so we're going to go, again, I'm going to read that. For those living in constant goodness of do, and doing what pleases him. Who? Seeking an unfading glory. His glory doesn't fade, man. Uh, I, 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 I don't know if anybody even gets the relevance of that, but they said when when uh, Moses came down from his, from the mountain that his, his, he was radiant, but it would fade the longer he was down the mountain. And so he would go back up to get that back on. But because of, of Jesus, we have that ability to keep that radiance unfading on us all day long. But how, how do we do that? We do that by remembering his, his, his extravagant kindness towards us. His extravagant kindness towards us it gives us the ability to experience that glory light just shining on us regularly in our lives. Yes, shining in the light of his glory, which I have tons of scriptures and somehow they disappear off my phone, specifically about how is how it actually is related to the light, too. It's related, his goodness is related to the light. And his goodness, that light that we walk in, oh, yeah. day, day in, day out, that light we walk in is actually specifically pointed to his goodness. Yeah. And and uh, and hopefully I'll, the Lord will show me where those scriptures are again while we're on, on here. But if not, I'll, I'll share them on later so you all can see them. But there are so many scriptures that point that his light, yeah. the lighting, lighting up the darkness comes from his extravagant kindness, from yeah. that goodness that's within him. Okay, Come I'm going to read it again. I'm going to get through this. For those living in constant goodness and doing what pleases him, seeking an unfading glory and honor and imperishable virtue. Who? Who? Okay, so I know there's some people wow. right now. That's why I was dude, like, I said wow earlier. And I was oh like, God, I got to put this down for I, a second. I can't even get through this whole thing. I'm going to have to start <laughs> over again. But the imperishable <laughs> virtue, think about that. We live in an area where, where, um, and in this time period, like I know that's that's some of the thought processes. Um, what happens when like we can't get the food we need to and everything? Like we we have the ability to think of His goodness, and and stuff will be un, unperishable. Yeah. We will have what we need. It won't be. It won't perish. It won't disappear. It won't rot. It won't rot. 
Whatever, yeah. it, whatever it is we need. You're going to let me finish the scripture, right? <laughs> I'm going to let her finish, but God just, said this, God just said this to me, and I had to release this. He said, if my, if my children walked in the desert for 40 years and I provided food for them daily, why don't you think you can do the same? Amen. I'm like, God, you're going to have manna pop up in my front porch. I said, it may not be manna, be, maybe squirrel. But uh, with pizza. With <laughs> <laughs> if you didn't see it yesterday, I had a squirrel in my yard carrying pizza. So yeah, I <laughs> we had a, a pizza stealing squirrel. He's just getting himself fat for me. That's what he was doing. That's what he's doing. It'll taste like pepperoni. <laughs> and, and I sort of laughed, and he's all, "I even provided quail for him." Yep. They had more than enough. They had stuff that did not wear out, like shoes. They, their clothes didn't wear out. Their shoes didn't wear yes. out. They had more than enough. And they were sent into a land for 40 years. It shouldn't have taken them that long. But they were sent into the land with goods and riches and livestock. They were sent out of slavery into freedom with so much provision and so much goodness. that was undeniable that it was God that did it. And I, I, I love thinking on this when you're talking about that. This is something that the Lord always reminds me. These were people who did not believe. They did not even believe in the goodness of God. They, they questioned it constantly. Yeah. They even made idols because they couldn't wait for Moses to come down and share. Like Their faith was continually wavering. And the reason they didn't enter in, they, they actually didn't even get to enter in, but they didn't enter in because of their unbelief, because they did not even trust what God said to be true. And so just, can you imagine just how much his loving kindness is for us who believe, who believe, who trust, who continually remember his loving kindness, who remember that he's taking care of us. Who remember that he he is the same God that took us out of Egypt. He is the same God who took us. Dude, we were in Egypt. Okay? We were in Egypt. And he is the same God. He is the same God who passed over, you know, when we should have been dead. When we should have been, oh my goodness, his blood. His blood spoke over. He is the same God that delivered me from a terminal disease. Yes. He is the same God that that kept us, even when we were in our unbelief, that kept us from our shoes wearing out, that kept us, kept us until he could show us his glory, until he could show us his loving kindness so that we could accept it and receive it yeah. and be here with you guys. He's that same God. And I, I really think you all need to take a minute and just go back to the goodness of God in your life. Yeah. And just just put yourself in remembrance of his loving kindness. Oh. Even when you were in a place where you showed no honor or belief in the things of the Lord. Oh. Maybe, he still showed all. I mean, gosh, maybe, like, I, honestly, genuinely, if we didn't know him, we were serving the enemy. But maybe you, some of you were even going further in blatantly serving the enemy, like purposely going out of their way. You know, I know my husband has said on before that he practiced Wiccan for a little while. I mean, he was straight, purposefully defying the Lord, you know, and, and there's, and I can say that for some of my rebellion and things like that. Mm -hmm. Rebellion's witchcraft, same thing. 
And so, and so I can say that about me, but still in that, he was faithful. He Always. was faithful. And Always. we would not be sitting here today if he wasn't. And he was faithful to hold on to us until our faith in him rose up. Yeah, but now, on, but now, but now, we have this everlasting life. And I'm going to finish the scripture because this just leads right into it. We have this everlasting life. For those living in constant goodness and doing what pleases them, seeking an unfading glory and honor. An un, uh, I'm sorry, I keep getting stuck on that. Unfading glory, meaning we're not seeking our own glory. Our glory uh, fades, yeah. but his glory that does not fade. Yeah. And honor and imperishable virtue will experience eternal life. Wow. We're not just going to have eternal life at the end. We're going to experience it here, yes. right now, yes. right where we are, wow. right in the midst of famine, right in the midst of, of crisis, right in the midst of we will be like the like the uh, the springs coming up in the desert. We will enjoy the fruit of his labor, what he did, because he's resting, and now he's saying, come rest with me, and, and enjoy the labor that he already did. He already did yes, it for us. His loving kindness already provided it for us, and we can rest in him. We we are co-heirs. We can enjoy his goodness, but how do we enjoy it? We enjoy it by first remembering he did it, by not trying to create it out of our own means, by not trying to go and try to work it up, you know? I'm, I'm, I mean, genuinely, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to get back into a political debate like in the beginning where we almost went there. But I, but I am going to say, I am going to say, dude, like this, this is faith. This is what faith looks like. It, it's faith is, looks like us not coming in here and saying, you know, God can only save us if we all get everybody in the room and start putting hands on each other. You know, that's not that's not what it looks like. What it looks like is trusting his goodness that he already provided it for us. And we are going to be co-leaders yeah. and receive it. Yes. Preach. Yes. I, I did, but I can keep going. Preach. <laughs> Man, and I'm, I, I'm see, still sitting here in, in, in awe of thinking of this very one thing. She said something, and I had to go back and look at it in the Passion Translation. That's why I got two Bibles up here. I've got the King James Parallel Amplified, but and I have my passion translation over here and it said unfading glory mm -hmm. I love that unfading glory and then she said not your own glory that fades and it, and it just made me think for just a split second you wonder why some people are constantly trying to chase after a glory because when they insert their glory it fades because his glory is unfading that means if you're you're ending a service and then you my god I can, I can go off right now if you're ending a service and then all of a sudden it becomes about you and not about jesus and you wonder why you go home and all of a sudden everything snaps back to normal it's because you inputted your glory and intermingled it with his glory and it faded and i had to stop and think about it because you forgot about his goodness and you wanted your goodness you forgot about his mercy and you wanted to in, input your own human ability into it instead of understanding the fullness of his glory and the fullness of his goodness and allow God to be God. I think that's a lot of times what we forget about. I mean, because some people forget about the sovereignty of God. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think we forget about that sometimes in a, 
and the Pentecostal charismatic spirit-filled circles, the, the, the sovereignty of God, the goodness of God, God will be God in a situation. Yes. And I've seen God save my life when I was in the world when it did not deserve to be saved. That was called the sovereignty of God. I mean, I know for a fact how many times I should have been dead. Literally should have been dead. I'm like, know for a fact that I walked out of there thinking I should be dead right now. But God, come on, there, there needs, you need to get your butt out of the way and input the but God into circumstances and situations. Go, but God and his goodness, but God and his mercy, but God and his faithfulness, but God, I know I've been doing this. And I know I've been arguing with my husband. And I know I've been like this on my workplace. And I know I've been like this with my kids. I know I've been like this with my wife. And I know I've been like this behind closets in my own private time. And I know I've done this on a computer. And I know I've done it. But God Amen. and his faithfulness and his and just get right back underneath the blood. Get right back underneath the covering of God. Get right back underneath the goodness because you try to remove yourself to have your way when God is saying, I want to have my way in your life. And that comes by under. If you understood the goodness of God, you wouldn't want to step out on your own anyways. Right. Man. Whew. Here. I mean, I, I, it's brand new. I can't. My wife keep my butt. I, I, I know we got the least expensive one out there, but still, I don't want to break it. This is the very first time we've used it. But still, you have to understand the goodness of God, the mercy of God, and the depths of that. It says this, and I have to read this because I, I want to get to the scripture because it's so important. We all know that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of what? Wisdom, Wisdom right? Yeah. Wisdom. Listen to this. Psalms 31, 19 says this. Oh, how great is your goodness. I mean, he starts off with this. How great is your goodness. I mean, he's putting himself back into remembrance of his goodness. Which, oh, how great is your goodness. Comma, continuing the same thought. I'm learning punctuation as I have... Two editors editing in my book going, you forgot a comma. This sentence should not run on for a whole paragraph. There are commas. It's a continuous of a thought. We're, we're nicer to him. She, she is way nicer. <laughs> and Ross is way nicer. But how great is your goodness, which you have laid up for those who fear you. The goodness of God is laid up for those who fear him. When you step out on your own, you stop fearing him. When you start finding your identity in everything else but sonship, you stop fearing him. When you start tearing down your brothers and sisters because you think your opinions speak higher than the blood, you stop fearing him. Yeah. When you stop... When you want to bring disunity to promote yourself, yeah. you stop fearing him. And you wonder why the goodness is not meeting you right now. You stop fearing him. You stop 
Moses, when he said, show me your glory, if you read up to that, man, there was a tremblance of a fear of the Lord before he said that. He says, I am not going to go anywhere unless your presence goes ahead of me. There's a reverential fear and awe of the Lord that says, I don't want to do anything without you, Lord. I know I got the, the fire by night. I know I got the cloud by day. I know I got the angel as my rear guard. I know I got the cloud as my front. I know that you provide the manna. I know you took us out of slavery. I know you provided livestock and gold and jewels and all this kind of stuff. You've parted the Red Seas. I've seen signs. I've seen wonders. I've seen miracles. And that's all nothing unless your presence has gone ahead of us. How will they know you're my people unless your presence goes ahead? And he says, man, after all of that, he says, Lord, I want to know your glory. I want to know your tangible, heavy, weighty presence, intimacy. Jesus. Show me that, Lord. It was a fear of, Lord, there's so much more to you that I want to know the intimacy of who my Father, of who my God is, the creator of heaven and earth. Lord, show me your glory. So I'm going to make my goodness pass before you. There was a fear of wanting to know the intimacy that tied right back to the goodness of God. And Psalms 31 is doing that. It says, man, oh, how great is your goodness, which you've laid up for those who fear you, which you've prepared for those who trust in you. Not trusting in our system, not trusting in our president. We honor, we respect, we pray for, we love. It doesn't matter who's in office. Lord, I had to deal with my heart on a couple of those people that were there couple of those candidates that were running this last time. <laughs> I didn't trust in the government to be my provider. I don't trust in the government to be my safeguard. I don't trust in the government to be my entrance into the secret place and to give me my identity of who I am. That trust is only found in my Abba Father and what Jesus did from the cross to the throne. He says, the goodness of God is laid up for those that fear him, who trust in them, in the presence of the sons of men. In the midst of being surrounded by this community, you have to fear him. You have to trust in him. And he showers out his goodness upon you. Amen. I'm not into formulas. I, matter of fact, I'm pretty much anti-formula. But I do believe in themes of God. I do believe and that God has a flow. A formula means I, have, I can do it just like this every single time to get the same exact results. And God's not into that. Because if that's it, we take God out of the equation and we put formula in there. That's why I'm not a man of formula. But I'm a man of the flow. That says, I'm going to match up to what heaven is doing, the match up what heaven's flow is. And if God is saying, this is the flow to tap into this, then man, I'm jumping right in that river. And I'm going to get so head underneath that water, so deep underneath that water that I'm drowning in his goodness. 
that I'm drowning in his love, that I'm drowning in his mercy, that I'm drowning in the reverential fear of the Lord, that I'm trusting in him more than what I can find at a Walmart, more than I can find in going, hey, they're out of toilet paper at a shelf. Because I, you know, we were only had, a, we had a little bit of toilet paper and all of a sudden I walked through a Walmart and saw a whole pallet dropped off. Yeah. Come on. There was nothing on the shelves, but I walked out to an aisle and there's a pallet full. And it was brand new. Still had a saran wrap on some places. Come on. You walk into his goodness. You don't have to fight to try to achieve it. Yeah. You walk in the flow of his goodness yeah. when you fully trust him. So, um, I, I, I'm, I'm totally with my husband about not being like that type of person who believes in formulas, but I do believe that if we're people of his word, we will see that, that, that there is specific things he tells us to do that will, that will receive a result. So if you guys are not knowing how in the midst of all this, to do that, uh, this is a part of the reason why we're speaking on this, is because I do believe that the Lord wants our faith to rise. Yes. Come on. He wants it to rise up in us, and there are certain things that He says will will do that. Yeah. You know, yeah. and we can't. And, That's the um, blow. There is a. There is a. Uh, I was talking to Trav about this after you know reading some stuff on on Facebook about how there is you know those times that we get in where uh, we. We can't do what we normally did before. We can't do what worked for us before mm. in, in, in a mindset of, of um, like, that's why the formula, so to speak, does not necessarily work because we can't always do it the way we've done it before. Right. But there is that, that theme or that flow yeah. that is always going to exist. Yes. You know, that is always going to exist. That we laws. can do it. Yes, the spiritual law, exactly. Um, and so goodness is, is one of them. You know, um, I'm going to go to Philippians 4.4 4 because, oh, because uh, we call this the goodness sandwich. That's what me and Travis <laughs> call it. And and, and the, the Bible is full of them. These goodness sandwiches, you know, where he tells us how to receive from him um, in the midst of things that are difficult. And he tells us how, you know, how do we receive from his his because as we saw in the word, it says that when we do these things, when we do these things, that we will experience eternal life. So we will, in the midst of whatever it is we're going through, we are still going to experience his eternal life, which is is um, full of blessings, spiritual blessings. Spiritual blessings are part of eternal life. And so we can receive these things if we um, if we are doing these goodness sandwiches, if we are in, in, in this the great thing about it is, like, what he's asking us to do, really, is majority of, of, a, of it is um, being obedient to remembering him. It's not even it's not even a real works mentality as much as it is just, you know, doing things that should be fun for us anyways. Like, we should, it, they should be enjoyable. They're not, they're not hard. Uh, it's, it's, it is hard sometimes when we're stuck in our heads, but, like, within seconds, look, I, I, again, I was I was mentioning to Roxy. I was like, man, like I know that the Lord prepared us for this, but because but, but I got in a lull, and 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 I got in this lull, and I got in this like ooh, like kind of not not worries me sort of at, atmosphere, but just in this just ugh, just feeling fatigued, feeling just not encouraged, feeling like 
And, and it wasn't because I, I didn't believe God was good, but it's because I was not continuing to, to feed on his goodness. And so there's a difference between knowing he's good, I know God's good. Uh, you know, in the midst of this, I'm hearing tons of people say, I know God's good. I do have faith. But there is a difference between knowing God's good, knowing you have faith, and, and doing what the Lord says to let that rise up in you, to experience it. And so I love Philippians 4. Um, for the, we'll, we'll go into Philippians 4 for this. So Philippians 4, 4. Be cheerful. With joyous celebration in every season of your life. Okay, it does not say when things are great. It's every season. We're in a season, guys. This is a season. This is a season, but this season still has the ability to be full of life and be full of joyous celebration if we are just we just are cheerful. We can enjoy even in the midst of this. So let joy overflow, for you are united with the anointed one. So how do we let joy overflow? We, we let it overflow by realizing that, you know, just like Moses did, that he doesn't want to go without him. And realizing that because of Jesus Christ, because of his blood, we don't have to go anywhere without him. So it doesn't even matter if you're all by yourself right this second. You are not without him. You are not without him. You are united with the anointed one. The anointing that breaks the yoke. You're united with him. You're like, you are one with him. And so if, even if you're not one with your congregation right now, even if you're not one with your family, I know that's, that was probably the hardest thing for me is when, when uh, California went into lockdown is knowing that my son is all the way on the other side of the country and I'm here. That's hard. It's hard. But if I'm united with him, then it's easy for my joy to start overflowing. It's easy for that joy to start overflowing as I remember that I am united and, and with the anointed one. Let gentleness be seen in every relationship for our Lord is ever near. Oh my goodness, guys, please let gentleness Come on. Let gentleness, not everybody, you know what? As your faith is rising, as your joy is overflowing, remember that there's people around you who aren't. They're not. They're not there yet. And, and be gentle with them. Yeah. You know, let the gentleness of God come upon you, that compassion to understand that some people are not where you're at right now. You know, some people are experiencing things. Um, one of them would be like the seniors. Some the seniors are struggling oh, right now. You know, I'm, I'm not talking about just the elderly, but I'm saying even like our seniors who are like, they're bummed because they're not even sure if they're going to graduate. There's things. There's people who every oh, everywhere around you guys. High school seniors. Yes, high school seniors. Everywhere around you guys, there are people who are experiencing things that that aren't their norm. This is. This is an extraordinary experience right now for many. Um, and, but, but you know what? We can have gentleness in every relationship and, and remember and have compassion. You know, even for those that don't know, especially for those who don't know him, but even for one another who maybe are lacking faith in this time period. Do not be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. 
be saturated. Ooh, I like that word, saturated. Be saturated in prayer throughout each day, offering your faith-filled requests before God with overflowing gratitude. And, and honestly, that's the part I keep thinking of is that overflowing Jesus. gratitude. That's remembering of his goodness. Yeah. Like we yeah. are thankful for him who is good. Not just for the good things he's done, but him. Him. He is good. He's full of goodness. He is full of goodness. Tell him every detail of your life. Then God's wonderful peace that transcends human understanding. So as we're doing this, his peace that transcends our understanding does any of this stuff. Like we have absolutely no idea. Like, I, I mean, I don't know how many conversations we've had to have our kids with stuff. I don't know how to answer your question right now. I just don't. But I know God's good and I know he's faithful and I know, I know his promises. Yeah. And, yeah. and so I know that, 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 you know, that it's all going to be okay. And that we're going to be able to bless you guys abundantly at some point, whether it's today or tomorrow or the next day, God will come through. He always, always does. does. And so tell him every detail. Then God's wonderful peace that transcends human understanding will make the answers known to you through Jesus Christ. So how do we figure out what, what the answers are? We by, by remembering his goodness. By remembering his goodness. So are you saying Thanksgiving comes before the peace? Yep, Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving. Did, did you just but, that? Yep, but wow. it's also it's also a sandwich. So after after you get that piece, you still got to keep so your thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> it says so keep your thoughts continually. Yep. Fixed on all that is authentic and real and honorable and admirable and beautiful and respectful um, and pure and holy and merciful and kind. Yes. And fasten your thoughts. On every glorious, glorious work of God, praising Him always, and then follow the example of all that we have imparted to you, and the God of peace will be with you in all things. All oh, things. Oh, all. Man. I love that word. All. All is a good word. All is a great word. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's, it's funny because I love studying out the Greek, Hebrew, and Aramaic, and and the word all in the Hebrew means all. Um, in Aramaic, the word all means all. And actually, astoundingly enough, in the Greek, the word all means all. Um, <laughs> it's, it's sort of funny how it just breaks down like that. I mean, that's a very in-depth search, you know, all-inclusive, everything, all means all. What? It's not the laundry detergent. It's not, it's not partial. <laughs> it's not partial. We don't serve a part-time God. Yes. Man, I, I, I love praying that over Ooh. people. I've seen... Oh. And I'll, I'll get up there, I'll start laying hands on somebody, and all of a sudden they're like, yeah, I got a little bit of my sight back, but I don't have, I'm like, I'll stop them right there. I'm like, wait a second, we don't have a part-time God, therefore you're not going to get a part-time healing. You're going to get the fullness of what he paid for upon the cross for you in Jesus' name, and miracles happen because I stepped out and put my, my faith up with the all. With the all-sufficient one, with the El Shaddai, with the Jehovah Jireh that I've seen ahead and provided all yes. your needs. Come, I mean, you you got to match up with the all of heaven. And, and and what we do is we we sometimes are sufficient in ourselves and we match up with the part-time heaven. Because we put them in a part-time category as, 
I'm only going to worship you part-time, and I'm only going to communicate with you when I need you. And we only go to God like a one-night stand, and only when we need something. Sorry being blunt like that, but that's what we do. No, he wants all of you because he's released all of him. Come on. If he gave all, you should give all. I mean, he didn't sow his first fruits of his son to reap back part-time sons. He wants all of you. And he's saying he's released all of him. And it matches up when you start thanking God for all that he is and all that he's done, all that he's yet to do with thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is one of the biggest forms of faith because you have to thank him even though you don't see it yet. You thank him for your healing even though it's not manifested yet. You thank him for the provision even though your bank account doesn't say it because his word is true. And he will always be faithful and come through for you. And Thanksgiving says, although I don't see it because faith is evidence of things not seen. Right? Come on. Come on. Is the evidence of things not seen? Yes. That's a great scripture. Come on. I mean, Hebrews 11, you start matching up. You start matching up Thanksgiving with faith and it releases something inside of you. He goes, wait a second. If I'm thanking him for it, then it must be true. And I'm thanking him for his goodness, that his mercy and goodness will follow me all the days of his life. That means it follows me all the day. Man, we got a brand new puppy. <laughs> I, love, I love our pit bull Valkyrie. What a name for it. A pit bull, by the way, Valkyrie. Oh, you know, Viking. Oh, they're such a great name. But if I get up to go somewhere, that pit bull's on my ankles like nobody's business. That was funny. Circling me. I mean, it is, I'm like, it's more than evident that Valkyrie is at my feet. She makes me well aware of her presence. That's how goodness is in your life. That's how mercy in his life. I mean, that word, I mean, think about all the things that, that goodness is. It's his well pleasure, his, his sweetness, his favor, his prosperity, his wealth, his kindness, his goodness, his very presence himself follows you and makes you well aware that it's around you, but you have to make yourself well aware that it's there too. By putting yourself in the remembrance, trusting in his goodness means you're not trusting in your own. Uh, Jason shared a scripture. That's a good one. Psalms 104 or 104. 104. No, 104. The power of thanksgiving. You can uh, pass. Come on. You can pass through his open gates with the password of praise. Oh, the pass. Yeah, I love. I love that with the password of praise because praise only comes by thanksgiving. Mm. When you open up your mouth to praise God, you're praising him from all that he is, all that he's doing, all that he's yet to do. You're there's a, there's a difference between praise. And there's a difference between worship. Praise means you're praising him for the things that he's doing. Worshiping is worshiping for who he is. You should read it. It's good. That's good. All right. You can pass through his open gates with the password of praise. Come right into his presence with thanksgiving. Come on. 
<laughs> so you start praising him, it activates thanksgiving within you. I love that. I love that. And because it's it's like crescendo again. I just it's it's working its way up. And it says, Come bring thank offerings to him. Come bring your thank off. It's it when you thank him, it's as an offering, it's as a sweet smelling aroma unto heaven. And affectionately bless his beautiful name. Oh, I got wait, wait, wait. I gotta I gotta say something on that though. You know, because we're talking about, we were talking in the offering about he brings, he brings seed to the sower, right? Okay, so you know what? Thank, your thank offering, your thank offering is something that is, that nobody can rob you of. Yeah. That you can always have available, like right in the midst. I don't care how bad of a famine you are, thank offering should always be available. There's always something that we can come to the Lord and be thankful of. But if we were to use that scripture, because again, these are spiritual laws, guys. These are things that he cannot break. Like he is a God that will not be mocked. He cannot lie. He is incapable of lying, you guys. So yeah. when we do these things, like he has, right to, he has to meet them. Like he yeah. has to meet. Well, I mean, I don't know how you can be thankful in the wrong heart, but like, you, you, you know, service. you know, but like genuinely thanking him. Yeah. Okay. Thank go. offering is something that's genuine, of course. But like, so when we do these things, it says he provides seed to the sower. So what does that mean? That means he's giving us more things to be thankful for. You know, that when we thank him for something he's already done, he's giving us new things to thank him for. Yeah. Something new, something that, that you didn't have before, new seed that you can plant, that you can then thank him for that. And then, and then you can, and then, and then you have more seed again. Yeah. So I, I got to give this testimony because we, when we first moved back from Minnesota back to San Diego, we didn't have a home yet. So we had to move in with, with my parents. We, we were just finding jobs. We were just, I mean, we were just doing everything. We literally just moved from one state to another. And we're at Heart of God Ministries down in San Diego. And I remember, I think it was Bob Lemon that was speaking or some, some of you that was speaking down there. And I was, they're getting ready to do offering and, and man, I love giving. I mean, that's, that's my heart. I, I, I told you earlier. I mean, I, I, I'm a giver. That's who he's created me to be. That's my vocation is giving my best unto God because he gave his best unto me. And I, I work like I'm working unto the Lord. That means in everything, including giving. So I remember just sitting there and I started thanking God. I'm like, I don't have anything to, thing to give. So I'm giving you the praise out of my lips. So I started praising him. I started thanking him. I said, Lord, I don't have a seed to sow. Because he, he brought that that scripture. He gives seed to the sower. I said, I don't have a seed to sow right now. But what I do have, I'll give. What's in my hand, I'll give. So I started praising him. I started thanking him. All of a sudden, here comes Pastor Mark, the, the, the head pastor, the senior pastor, of Heart of God Ministries walks all the way down from the front aisle, sitting right next to a guest minister, leaves the guest minister, walks all the way down the aisle to me and hands me a $20 bill. All of a sudden it rose up inside of me. Now you have seed to sow. It's something that happens when you start activating that praise, when you yes. start activating that Thanksgiving and start believing in God. And believing and standing on his word 
not not man's opinion, not not what you read on somebody's post that sounded witty and religious. When you start standing on the word, man, we got to get back to the word. Yes. I'm tired of the nonsense I see yes. out there. We got to get back to the word of God and everything that's within it. We have to devour it and hunger for it. People, people literally, when this word was rewritten in the King James, gave their life to make sure that people could get the word of God out so everyone can have it. That's how valuable the word of It's God-breathed. It's living. It's active. It's powerful. Why wouldn't you want it? Yeah. We've got to get back to it and activate the very flow that's a soul. That's literally following us, circling us, and encamping our lives and tap right back into it instead of tapping into our own the theories and our own opinions of what's going on and go, heaven, what are you saying? Father, what are you saying? What does your word say? Because if I have faith in his word and I speak it out, it has to come to pass because he's the one that will not be mocked. Whatever a man sows, you will also reap. You sow the word, you'll reap the benefits of the word. That's a guarantee. I've seen it in our lives. For 20 years of marriage, I've seen it over my... Matter of fact, I saw it before then when my mom was sowing it into my life because I should have been dead. I should have been in the pen 25 of life. I should have been, I mean, found in a gutter somewhere. I should have been that way. But my mom even sowed the word into my life. And it activated the very promises of the word over my life. We do that all the time in our marriage. We'll do that over our kids. We, even when my wife was pregnant, when she was pregnant a lot. A lot. <laughs> it's just like I look around. I'm like, oh, well, she's pregnant again. Okay. wonder how that happened. But anyways. PG, Trev. PG. <laughs> but even when our children were in her belly we would speak over them. You are perfectly and wonderfully and fearfully made that you have 10 fingers and 10 toes and there is no abnormality. Your organs will work perfectly. And we would start speaking. We would start speaking and declaring and not one of our children came out messed up. Not one of our kids. Matter of fact, they went above and beyond and many of them broke the Apgard scale. Basically going, your your baby's push. Apgard? Apgard? Uh, what? Oh. Ap something. <laughs> Apgard, I think it was. But would push themselves up day one. That's that's not heard of. They're like, okay, your baby's scoring a 10 out of the Apgard scale. And usually most, a good, a good score is like seven. Like eight or nine. Eight, eight or nine. Yeah. Your baby's like everything and above and beyond. Your baby's a bag of chips and all that. They're a 10. They're a 10. They're a 10. <laughs> My kids are 10s. And I'm saying that with, with modesty because it wasn't me. Yeah, it, it was God. Mm. It was all God 100% of the time because we stood on his word. And even when there was even complications with some of the pregnancies, we stood on the word. We Even when... We, we felt just like felt like we're about to be swayed by circumstances. We called up people that knew how to stood, stand on the word. Man, if you don't know how to stand up the word, you better get on the phone and get somebody that knows how to stand on the word for you. Not someone that knows how to be a professional whiner or a professional complainer. 
You find someone that can stand on the word. You start standing in faith. And you start listening to them as they're speaking the word of God over your life. And get built back up on your faith so you can speak it out of your mouth too. And realize that the goodness and his mercy follows you all the days of your life. Come on. there's some, That's why church is so important. That's why getting together as a community is so important. Because we're there even when the circumstances look so big that we can reach out to our brother and our sister and say, man, this is where I'm at and I need you to speak into my life. I need you as a son of God to lock arms with this son of God so we can release the power and the authority of his word and speak his goodness over it because it says that it follows me all the days of my life and that I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Sickness can't come into the house of the Lord. Poverty can't come into the house of the Lord. Lack can't come into the house of the Lord. Come on, distress and anger and fear can't come into the house of the Lord. So I need you to stand right there with me so I can bring myself back into remembrance of everything that God's spoken over my life. When you start doing that, man, you, yes. I swear, that's the mountain-moving yes. faith, man. I feel it right now, man. I, I, I wish every single, I, I almost wish every single coronavirus person was right here right now. Or listening to this live because you'd be instantly healed like that. I mean, I can feel the tangible faith in this room when you put the when you put your faith out there and what God's spoken. Watch, He will not, man. He will perform His word always. Okay, I I actually it's funny that he was saying that because I totally Jesus. I felt I felt faith rising Ooh. in here too. And, My God. Uh, uh, there's something that the Lord put me in remembrance of right in the middle. And first off, I want to start off by saying, because I just, there was a couple things that, that I was hearing while he was talking. Number one, I was hearing the reciprocal of God and how we can't outgive him in his goodness. Like his goodness is just, we, like no matter how much it's, it just, it just goes round and round and it gets bigger. It's like, it's like that snowball effect. Like the, as we, as we, as we, he shows his loving kindness to, to us, we put in remembrance of that loving kindness. So we sow that seed of loving kindness ourselves and that loving kindness produces more loving kindness. Jesus. And it's just a continual and it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger because we have no ability to outgive God. Like there is just no ability for that to happen. Like we cannot outgive the Lord, you know? Um, and, and, but, uh, but the other thing I felt is, just putting ourselves in remembrance to that, that his loving kindness, um, although it can grow with our loving kindness, it's still not conditional of us either. Um, that he is, he is going to be the, he's loving and kind Come without on. us. Come on. Period. Like on. It, it is not. Um, and so I felt like I needed to say that because I, I, like I was actually starting to remember a story and I felt like the Lord wanted me to share this testimony really quick. Um, and then I feel like we're supposed to pray. Um, and and so like uh, that's where I, I feel like we're supposed to go. But like um, I was I was thinking of a story about a time where I wasn't being very faithful and I was being kind of divisive and and not not really being very well behaved. I wasn't I wasn't being good, you know, so to speak. And I I think we need to talk about that because I think sometimes we look at stuff like this and we think it conditional on our behavior. And as if, okay, well, that's great for those of you who are in the kingdom of God, who are being, you know, virtuous, who are being these people. Yes, we're talking about that because our because it can grow in that atmosphere. Yeah. We have the ability to grow it. 
But that doesn't mean that we can't experience his loving kindness without it because he is always loving. It's his nature. Is, it's his nature. He can't stop that. But but we can grow that by yeah. continuing to to sow seeds into it out of out of our own loving kindness that he provides to us. Yes. And so um, we need to make sure we understand the difference that it's not conditional. It's not conditional. Um, so I, I, um, I'm only going to share my part of this, but there was a time um, a while back where uh, uh, we, we were living in a place and there was someone that was, in, it's, it wasn't my husband, but there was somebody that was in our house that I was actually fighting and arguing with continually. Um, and it was someone that the Lord told us to put into our house, you know, and, and we would hit bump heads all the time, like all the time we'd bump heads. Um, and, um, there was a time that we were just fighting like, like, you know, cats and dogs. And, um, my daughter starts walking up the stairs and, and because of the arguments and, and the, the anger and everything that was rising up in the house, the enemy, um, was also in the midst of that, you know, um, because it does say that, that where there is strife. And envy that there is every evil work, and so that is also a spiritual law, you know. So spiritual laws can work one way and another, and so in the midst of that, um, the door got opened into my daughter, and she fell all the way down the stairs. Mm -hmm. I remember that. And she hit every stair on the way down, and she was very young when this happened. And um, immediately, the faith of God rose up in me, and I chose instead of that moment. To not think about my wrongs or this other person's wrongs, but to think about the goodness of God. Yeah. And immediately I allowed it to rise up and start speaking the goodness of God over her and speaking his word over her. Yeah. And just loving, um, loving God and thanking God for who he is, not for what I've done or what right. this other person does, but for the goodness of God that is continual no matter what state I'm in, no matter where I'm at, no matter where this other person was at, that that, that goodness just rose rose up. And um, and when she got to the hospital, they couldn't find one thing wrong with her. That's Not right. one. She had like a scrape down her back. But like, I mean, she hit every stair, guys. Every stair on the way down. Um, and I could have, in that moment, I could have chose to focus on the enemy and you know what? If I did, there's spiritual law to that. Yeah. And 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 we would have seen a different effect in yep. there. Yep. And this other person, I remember having to tell tell that other person, you need to stop what you're saying because that other person was starting to blame themselves for for what had happened and and, and aligning with the enemy. And I'm like, no, the enemy's not going to have room. I I know we will deal with us later. But right now, we're going to focus on the goodness of Come God. On. Come on. And so I know that there's stuff, guys. Look, uh, I really believe that revival's coming to homes right now. Yeah. Um, but I also believe that, you know, that the enemy likes to stir stuff up in the midst of stuff like this. He really does. He likes to stir stuff up. And, and we can be in these environments and start getting at each other's throats. And we can invite an environment that's not of the Lord mm. into our homes, you know. But 
we need to remember his goodness and we need to not focus on our failure because it just gives him more room yeah. to, to wreak havoc. Yeah. But we need to allow his loving kindness for us to stop allowing the enemy to just come at us and tear us and rip us to shreds, but to remember his loving kindness, remember his goodness and watch his goodness just overflow in our households right yes. now. And so if you're in this situation, maybe you're, maybe you, maybe you went out and did something that you knew you weren't supposed to, maybe it was a rebellion, you know, whatever, maybe you did something and you're starting and, and now you're starting to feel symptoms. I don't know. I don't know what the situation is, but if you're in a situation where now you're starting to feel stuff and you're blaming yourself and you're allowing the enemy to wreak havoc in your head, thinking it's my fault because I did this, I did that. I shouldn't have done this. I shouldn't have done that. That is not thoughts from the Lord because his loving kindness is not, it is not um, based on, it's not conditional on you and your goodness. Your goodness is a result of his loving kindness. It goes the other way around, guys. We have no ability to be loving and kind without him. And so if you're in that situation where you're remembering that, uh, that, where you're thinking of all the things you've done, then now it's time to remember what he's done and allow that loving kindness to rise up in you again. Yeah. You know, so that you can start praising from your lips. Because in, in just a second, guys, in just a second, you can change from allowing the enemy to wreak havoc in your life to to being back in remembrance and enjoying the eternal life, experiencing that eternal life that he gave to you. Come on. So what we're going to do, we're going to break off and, and some prayer over you guys. And if, if you guys have a need, you don't even need to put it on Facebook. Say it unto God. I want to read something to you real quick. And we're going to pray. Because I think this is important for us to remember how big our God really is. It says this in Psalms 96. Says, go ahead and sing a new song unto the Lord. Let everyone in every language sing him a new song. Don't stop. Keep on singing. Doesn't matter how bad it looks, you keep on singing. Make his name famous. Gotta get back to that. Tell everyone every day how wonderful he is. Give them the good news, the gospel of our great Savior. Take the message of his glory and, and miracles to every nation. Tell them about all the amazing things he's done. For the Lord's greatness is beyond description. He has deserved all the praise that comes unto him. He is our King God. And it's right to be in holy awe of him. Come on. For the Lord's greatness is beyond description. His greatness over your life. His goodness over your life. The miraculous glory and the miracles are, are there to be boasted about. To, to, not, only, not only to tell other people, but sometimes you got to get before the mirror and start telling yourself once again... Of how good God is. Of how faithful God is. Of how his glory and his miracles and the splendor of this King God is surrounding you all the days of your life. So Father, we thank you. Those that don't think they're beautiful, 
and your beauty is following them. Your best is following them. That your, that your cheerfulness is not only in them, but it's surrounding them and following them. Those that have been having a bad week because of everything that's been going on, that they can go into this place of joyfulness and rest found only in you. I thank you, Father God, right now. I speak everyone that hears my voice. I don't care if it's live or recording. Any symptoms must flee right now in Jesus' mighty name. Every fever has to stop right now in every single name. Every cough, every sore throat, every symptom, every bit of being tired, any kind of thing that says you may have this or you may have this symptom, I come against every single symptom, every single disease, every principal. Man, I take my authority over this area and over this region, and I call Ohio healthy, healed, and whole. In Jesus' name, deaths, you have to stop. Death, where is your steam? Grave, where is your victory? Jesus is the risen one, and we have been risen with him. I plead the blood over every single member of Kingdom Culture Church, every single person that is listening to the sound of my voice, I'm pleading the covenant, the blood-bought covenant that says that you cannot be touched by the evil one, and if he even tries to touch your body, that he will pay the price, and that the Lord will rebuke him. So I pray that right now, supernatural recovery, supernatural healing, supernatural wealth and prosperity, because it's all found in his goodness that follows you every single day of your life. This band will be lifted in Jesus' mighty name. And anyone that is in a band, it doesn't matter where you're at in the world, find this time to have a place of rest, a place of revival in your house. A place of intimacy with the Lord. A place of making your marriage more sweeter. Your family life more sweeter. And giving glory to God that it will, this pandemic will be squashed in yes. Jesus' mighty name. I'm tired of it getting its fame because it said yes. you make the name of the Lord famous. Yes. Not the name of coronavirus. Not the name of some kind of symptoms. Making it famous. It makes Jesus' name famous. Yes. His name has the rule. Yes. His name has yes. the authority. He yes. defeated every principality, power, might, and dominion, and everything that has a name has been placed underneath his feet. Thank you, Father. It's time to roar once again. Thank you, Father. Speak loudly. Speak clearly. Speak it over your life. Speak it over your household. Speak it over your neighbors. Speak it over when you're walking in your workplace or Walmart or wherever you're going. Do not live in fear and allow the enemy a foothold in your life. Yes. Fear is a false substitute. And it has no right or dominion in your life. He did not give you a spirit of fear, but a sonship. He didn't give you a spirit of fear, but power, yes. love, yes. and a sound mind. Thank you for the sound mind, Lord. Thank you. Sound mind. Power, love. That's resurrection power. Yes. Come on, sonship, man. You gotta recognize where you're at. People may go, "Oh, I know, I'm seated in Christ." Man, you gotta see yourself there. If you understood 
what it means to be seated with Christ, you wouldn't be cowering in fear. You would be speaking from a place of authority and power and heavenly domain. 